Hello and welcome to the AIU Spotlight podcast. I'm Gareth Long, Communications Coordinator with the Faculty of Arts, Humanities and Social Sciences, and I'll be interviewing staff, students and alumni from the faculty to explore their personal experiences of education and professional life, as well as their advice for anyone hoping to work in the same field. In this episode, I talk with BA Honours Politics alumnus Natasha Doe. Natasha graduated in the summer of 2022 and shortly afterwards landed her dream job working on Irish policy control with the UK Civil Service. We talk about how comedy show Derry Girls got her interested in Irish politics in the first place, the work experience she gained through the course that helped her prepare for the role, and how a hearing impairment became an inspiration for her final dissertation. So with no further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Hi Natasha. Thank you for joining us for the AIU Spotlight podcast. Um, could you start just by telling us a little about who you are and what you've been doing since you graduated? Yeah, so as said, I'm Natasha Doe. <laughs> I'm a 2022 politics graduate. So my course was purely on politics. And really, since graduating AIU now, I've managed to land, in a rather corny saying, my dream role <laughs> in the civil service. And it's just been a process since then, just enjoying the time being a graduate now. And what's the um, role that you've taken with them? So the role that I've taken within the civil service is actually a in the Ministry of Defence. So I'm working in Westminster and I get to travel over to Ireland because what is related to is um, keeping like policy control within Ireland and the UK, so the Northern Ireland. Um, we travel over to Belfast, Londonderry, surrounding areas, and we get to just enact policies. We um, are connected to the House of Laws in Ireland and the UK as well. And we're very much sort of a communicator between them. How long have you been doing this? Yeah. So this is only just very recent. Um, I went through the fast dream, which takes a long time from the beginning of my third year and the interviews I got through the stages to the end um, to, which was pretty much the end of my year three then and unfortunately at the end I um, didn't make the cut um, but less than a month later they contacted me saying they were pleased with how I was in the previous um, sections interviews and if I sent in my CV they'll give me the opportunity I'll perhaps be hired if anyone in the civil service is appealed to what I wrote and just about a week or so later I received an email from um, the Ministry of Defence about it so it's just very exciting I think it happened now in July June July right so, and recent. yeah it is quite recent and so recent in fact that I have not formally started because if anyone knows the civil service right now, the security processes are very, very long. So, but I'm able to have constant contact with um, my manager. I've also got a communicator within the Ministry of Defence so I can like email anytime for any questions. And I just get updates in that sort of area too. So I'm not feeling like I've just been left out of the blue. I'm always updated on what's happening and what the process is like and hopefully you should be starting the rough estimate now is only in November so you excited 
very excited <laughs> to say it. I've planned out, I think I've spent so long planning out how my travel is because it'll be going into London, but the trains, if there's no more strikes, thankfully, but I've taken the train to London easily. It's hour max. So we are, I'll start at 10, finish at five. It's a nice day. And we also, it's very, it'll be hybrid working as time goes on. So that's less traveling for me as well. So you can um, work from home. Yeah, because they want me as, um, as it is a grad scheme. Um, I'm obviously learning on the job. Then for the first like couple of months, it'll be in every day, Monday to Friday. After time, it turns into hybrid working. And then you've got the traveling as well. And it's very much... Whilst you're learning on the job, they also say it's a very independent role that requires you being motivated and constantly pushing yourself to learn more, which is always, in my eyes, quite exciting, really, because it's that independence and knowledge of them, knowing you can actually do the role and you're willing to work on the role as well. Do you have an interest in Irish politics and the Irish situation before them? So... I know it sounds really funny, but what initially interested me into Irish politics was the TV show Derry Girls. And it is a really good TV show. Now, watching it mainly at the start for the comedy, and then they started mentioning like the military and what's going on. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't just a comedy show, is it? It's actually something that is saying about society at the time. And there is that history in it, and it's really well done. And I started researching more then into it. And I've always had a really deep passion for history ever since I was young with watching horrible histories. So it was like right up my alley, really. And then combining it with policy, um, which was one of my key things, like social policy, what I realised I really enjoyed in um, my modules, it just seemed like a really good mesh. And then coincidentally before I found out that I landed the role in that like Irish department of the Ministry of Defence my tutor and lecturer Richard Carr had asked me to be an archive researcher for his book on Ireland so I went up to Manchester and Durham I got to look through the really old so in Manchester it was the museum I got to look at all the really old newspapers old documents and it was so fun just sitting there being able to read the live like I suppose you'll call him sort of librarian and um, he was just chatting to me about it all the time and we we're looking for it pretty much both of us together looking for all this information I got to go visit that and then we went up to Durham and got to go into the old um, library there with the um, newspapers and such and it was just so interesting and then a week later they said I landed a job in the like Ireland division after I'd just been spending that time reading about it a couple of days. Did you even have that on your CV at the time when you were No, I didn't because um, <laughs> I sent my CV off before I went on um, the archive um, trip. So I didn't have anything like that on my CV. I have very, quite a decent profile on my CV about um, my modules in the course. So I'd spoke about... Um, I'd had some history-related modules, some policy modules, and I suppose being able to mention that and saying, oh, this is the skills I gained from these modules really appealed to them in knowing that, okay, I'm interested in the history side, social policy side, and I guess that was what stuck out to them from what they said on the phone anyway. You've kind of answered 
I think, what the one thing that inspired you to do what you do now, by the sound of it, was, would that be Derry Girls? Or is there um, something before would, that? But also, because <laughs> I sat there, and when I was thinking about what inspired me, I had to ask my mum, actually, and she reminded me how I absolutely loved Mary Poppins, the movie. <laughs> and I remember they had the suffragettes in it. And when I was younger, I was like, I don't understand. Like, why are, like, women having to fight for their rights and such? And I ended up watching, like, some children-based shows at the time. I think I must have been, like, nine or ten, like, if not younger. And that sort of spiked my interest then into watching, like, documentaries, going to museums and just learning more. So um, in Horrible History, they had a suffragette song, which inspired me a lot. And it was so silly looking back, but it started this whole interest into reading books watching shows when it came to doing GCSE they had a big interest into my history sociology related religious studies as well because obviously religious studies you're going into history you've got a lot of social policy that's in which is um connected to religion and religious studies of countries and such so I found it all merged well with my interests it was something I could really go in deep with reading and researching did you keep up interest in the suffragette movement and women's rights as well? Yeah, as I was going through A-levels and such, um, it was just very much focused on doing my work. It was something that always interested me. Once I got into university, it was like, okay, I'm actually a proper young adult now. People are really listening to my views a lot. In a sense of, actually, I was in a course where people had like-minded opinions, thoughts, processes, everything, and you can have a good discussion. Like every module I went in, I find with like it being a politics module, it's a discussion module. You can have a good chat about these sort of views. And it sort of expanded that more. I've become very interested into my petitions. Like I said, the society of the uni have been my big thing. I was in, I think about four or five. So <laughs> all related, like there's the feminist society, underwater society, Underwater society. Yeah, that one was really fun because it was actually, the vast majority of it was girls and you got to work towards your scuba diving um, qualification. It was all it was a very closely connected group and you felt we were all supporting each other, even when it wasn't related to underwater at all. It was just a good support group of like girls who were like, right, I want to do this. <laughs> Unfortunately, I must admit, COVID happened before we got to do the qualifications. But what you would do is you went to a special supervising school, like class, and it would be an inside like pool and such. And then it was planned in time to organise trips where you would then go to the coast Thanks. and bits like that. But then, yeah, <laughs> as you know, lockdown happened and things went out the window, but I still had fun with them. So, of course, you were studying over the pandemic then throughout the pandemic sound of it how, how did that affect your studies so in terms of studies really I think it was just what I did miss was the person discussions like in person like I said I think that was a big thing that inspired me to keep working hard on areas I like it was so good to just sit there oh adults you can have a good formal discussion people weren't going to be angry if your opinion was different and I think that's what made it really good. It felt like a safe place to have this. And that's what I missed the most. Because whilst I was confident with talking online and having discussion online, I know people who I used to talk to in person weren't so much. That was the main thing. It got better in time. <laughs> Definitely at the beginning, I think for everyone, it was really difficult. 
fit in time it got better but I miss the in-person so when it came to my third year we had our in-person classes a couple here and there like all of our dissertation ones were in person which was fabulous it was so nice being able to go back on campus again and talk to everyone it's just I think that sort of thing you realize you don't realize how much it actually benefits you because sometimes you have to write an essay that you do not agree with it's not something you like I mean I had to write something about Donald Trump in not my personal political standpoint but I had to write it and provide unbiased opinions and by hearing other people's opinions who may be a bit more on republic wavelength in terms of America liberal republic it actually helped me write it and I did well on that essay because you can't always do things you like but <laughs> gaining <laughs> gaining um, the opinions of others can really assist you here. So what's the most valuable thing you think you took away from your education at AIU? So I think the thing that helped me the most really was actually to be confident in myself which is quite overuse saying but I was not confident in myself as well. I would get my results back from my assignments and despite them being good results from year one I would sat there and always say to myself well we could have done better when rather than looking at as okay this is what I can do to do better and it took me a while to sort of get out of that mindset but I had so much support from my lecturers actually and my peers as well like the people I've met and in saying okay you can do this like the critiques they wrote on my essays were never done in a way to make me sort of feel down on myself it was done in a way of you've done this well but this is what you can do to move up a grade this is what you can do to move up a mark and it felt like reading it okay I can do this when you're having these discussions with them like on person on zoom Microsoft teams it's very much this whole support system there of yeah I think that's a really interesting idea you've got there you don't ever feel like you're being pushed down and that over time built my confidence a lot because I have a hearing impairment and before coming to university I never told anyone it felt really quite shameful and embarrassing because I felt like I was behind on people and when it came to writing my dissertation I actually wrote it about disability and Richard Carr who's my tutor, he said you need to maybe bring in your own personal experience to make this dissertation something that's really close to you doing that helped me so much I felt so much confidence in saying anything that um previously I felt maybe a bit embarrassed about it's that sort of thing now where I can go out and I'm not ashamed of who I am it's that whole big confidence boost I've got from just going to university really did they do much to support your hearing impairment at ARU outside of the course yeah so I would I found it really easy to talk to disability reps and though I have like I still have her on Instagram <laughs> but like you could because the disability community I think of itself we like to be quite close-knit because you have that support system there but I felt very open in just being able to email my lecturer ahead of time and explaining if I miss something out it's not because I'm being rude it's just I did not catch what you were saying so um I mean they got very used to me saying sorry can you just repeat that it wasn't seen as like a nuisance whereas I must admit when I've been in secondary school it was more seen as I was disturbing the class and I think that's what makes university so different as well it seems more personal you're doing what you like your lecturers understand more like for us it was a smaller class I think let me think about 13 of us in politics 
we did often make classes with sociology and what have you but it was a smaller class all really concentrated on enjoying the module and what have you like I said I emailed ahead of time I got the slides up on canvas before so I could make the notes down the night before and then I'm able to just listen to them completely and add into the notes that were on the presentation and it was just really easy for me. So even at sixth form you didn't mention your disability to anybody? No so it was literally my teachers did know from when I first moved because I moved to a different sixth form from secondary my teachers knew but it was kept very hush secret I don't want anything known because I had no confidence in myself. When you, I think a lot of people who are disabled can agree with me here, is that when you face a little bit of bullying or what have you, which I had in secondary school, it can really knock you down quite far. And then to come into university, where actually, I know it sounds a bit funny, but my lecturer found it interesting in a way that made me feel confident in myself. Because like I would talk about disability um, inequality and fits like that. And it was like, oh, that's really interesting. What's your personal view on it now in modern day? And I sort of felt like, oh, OK. Like, <laughs> this is really cool. I feel like I shouldn't be ashamed of it. But actually, this is just another part of me, something I can bring into essays or something that is interesting to talk about. And it became, rather than a hindrance, it became very much of a of just a part of me a part that I could talk about proudly, really, and bring into conversation. And I think it benefits me as well and getting another viewpoint when I'm doing these essays, like, hang on a minute, what about uh, other disabled people going to say? What is this social policy doing for them? What is it doing for age-related? You know, it opens your mind a bit more to other people who may face discrimination. How are they feeling? And I felt just more comfortable in my skin. So was it social policy that your dissertation focused on? Yeah, so it was a lot on that. And also, how was disability support during COVID-19? Like <laughs> By doing Microsoft Teams, it allowed a lot of people who are often stuck at home with, like, say, chronic fatigue. A lot of people struggle to get out of the house. Perhaps scoliosis or other disabilities that make it difficult for them to go out of house, work five days a week. Doing their stuff at home on Microsoft Teams Still being able to talk to people, it opened a lot more pathways to people that didn't have before. I saw that happening now and companies were hiring more disabled people than ever. Um, I thinking about in Japan, a man who, because of that, he was able, he couldn't, he was paralysed from the neck down, but he was able to work because of this. And despite it being obviously a devastating situation, it opened a lot more doors to people. Now they able to explore that area explore how different events in history led to people getting rights like in world war ii you found that a lot of soldiers were coming back with disabilities you know they've gone deaf blind lost limbs and it was like we've got a lot of men out of work but how about we make our work more accessible and that was what i wrote about and again it was just building that confidence in myself writing about this um, because when I joined the civil service, I got my phone call asking what they need to do for disability for my disability to cater for me. Spoke to a really nice woman, <laughs> and I'm able to say, okay, this is what I need. But then we also agreed when I go into work, they're going to do assessment in person because 
a lot of the time you don't know what you need until you get there. I guess one of the things about university is you come into contact with a much wider range of people, uh, a bigger mix of people that, that includes things like disabilities, back, backgrounds of all kinds. And so one of the things you pick up is that it's about expressing your experience. No, exactly, uh, because I think what you said, it fits it perfectly. When I was in sixth form school, I knew I was the only person with a hearing loss, at least in my age range. I know in sixth form, I was the only person for like year one and two of sixth form. And you feel so left out. Whereas they're coming to uni, you've got so many different people, so many different stories, backgrounds, and you're able to talk to them and see that, hang on a minute, we've all got our own things going on, but it doesn't um, anyway lower who we are as a person. We can use these to build on, work on, and in a politics group, it's something you write about, it's something you do in your social policy, something you explore. And in all in all, it helps your essays because we had a really diverse group, people, some international students, people who moved to the UK not too long ago. And it just helped <laughs> just being able to talk to them. And it, I think it all made all of us feel a lot more comfortable in ourselves as well. We felt we could freely say what we wanted to say. What? Parts of the course do you feel most helped your career development? Whilst I've obviously mentioned how my, I had a lot of support from my tutors, what I actually found, what the particular career I'm going into, was the type of assessments I had. Whereas we come from um, sixth form and school, it's always exams, isn't it, really? Whereas if, when I went into these assessments, I was doing not just essays, I was doing blogs, letters, portfolios, presentations, data collection, and... These are all things that I'm actually putting into my job now. That was what stuck out to them on my CV. I had wrote about how in um, one of my modules, Making a Difference, I was doing letters, portfolios, like their presentation. And they said, these are all things we do. And the fact that you have gained feedback, you know what to work on, and then you've done well on those, you're putting this into a real life situation here. And it just makes you feel a lot more confident going into the work. And I'd say the other thing as well, in relation to similar writing, is um, emailing. Because you realise, especially in lockdown, you have to email your lecturers for everything. And I know some people felt so embarrassed, or well, not embarrassed, a bit shy to email. I would be emailing at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> like, excuse me, I don't know what this is. And I would get a response usually the next morning. And I think that's the thing, don't be like ashamed to, or like a bit shy away from emailing your lecturers. I think they appreciate it more than anything that you are there, you want help in that you can do better on your work. And working on those emailing have made me more confident in being able to email job opportunities, emailing those. I sit there and just type it all up. I can switch from a bit more personal to a bit more um, professional and that just helped a lot actually. Interesting, because emails kind of, I guess it's on the way out in some circles now because of yeah. social media. But do you find that that's still the way um, places like the civil service operate? Do they still use email rather than the newer forms of communication? So I think it is um, what we're seeing with the in certain jobs, and I'm talking from perhaps my friend's view as well, if we're getting a big mix, emailing is coming back in with hybrid working. It is just very easy now to set up like notifications on your phone, say you've got this email or like on your laptop with it's easier to send through documents and what have you. So I say emailing was a big thing. So I was talking to them mainly through emailing 
and as well for a lot of people also with disabilities a phone call isn't always my preferred method of communication especially with like signal um it can be cut out sometimes and it can be a bit upsetting really to miss out on perhaps what's being said but the email can grant you time to respond correctly and respond what you want to say and not sit there afterwards and think oh my word I wish I said that (laughs) but um it's a mix of online like on Microsoft Teams and emailing so it was a good skill to get that confidence again really. Did you have much um teaching on the course about social media and politics and the ways that it's used? Yeah, so we had a whole course literally called Social Media and Politics. (laughs) I I think that was pretty much the name (laughs) word word. And we got to do about that we then research into how more businesses are used it to attract workers and how it can be used to communicate with people, how perhaps unfortunately like newspapers are dying out and we need to build a social media presence but also it was again it was found that emails were incredibly important building our cv cover letters are important which we then did another course with david skinner um which were pretty much like setting you up for success with like social media building cv cover letters discovering the career market how to appeal to people where a lot of the time you do not have anything face to face until so far down the line now like you send your cv in that's good sending a cover letter that's good like a automated interview and then you don't see someone face to face until further down the line you need to build these skills and through both of those i was able to say okay this is what stands out this is what is going to help me stand out in getting a job in terms of um your interests in rights movements did you look at how social media comes into play for those movements those organizations as well yeah so i think that was another interesting thing in also helping me become more comfortable with myself is that you had a lot more availability and accessibility to discuss with other people who are going through the same thing as you so when i was researching for my dissertation on facebook i had no groups related to my disability or what have you and I was talking to the Royal um, Institute for the Deaf and they recommended me a Facebook group actually that is like um, not made by them it's made by um, just people like me (laughs) put it in context and I joined it and the amount of support you can get from there in not feeling so alone really in creating like a community it's like outstanding and it also helps so you get a lot of people asking for job help career help I don't know what I'm supposed to do when I get into this job I don't know what I will need and you just have the community join together and it's like that for other things as well so we have I think pretty much every year ARU there will be a ARU um, group for that particular year and I was able to join on there and find out information about my courses, find out mod- you know, my modules, everything related to that. And it again creates that connectivity. I got to meet people before I even joined uni, which was really good, like talk to them online. So I went into university not feeling alone. So I was able to find out what they were doing. And then it was like, oh, actually, you're doing things related with a sociology course. And I got to meet sociology people. So I met so many people before going there. And it was just so beneficial. 
and I think I would recommend it to people who are a bit worried because I went to university with like my friends that went elsewhere and went to different universities went into traineeships and what have you so I went there alone and by the time I joined I didn't feel alone at all that's brilliant <laughs> I think that's the positive of just having these social media groups the sort of connectivity the community build and did you have much opportunity on the course to work with students from other courses yeah so we found that whilst we have tricky politics courses you will sometimes have ones where you're with sociology criminology history um philosophy as well which all of those interest me so it was really fun because especially in your second and third year you get your optional choices you can even choose a language so you connect with language students as well so I was able to connect with all the different students we were able to share what we had done on these um essays and hang on a minute how about you bring this in because um with my philosophy one I found I can write my essays completely differently and that made me more and then I was like okay I actually like this style (laughs) and it sort of set me up how I was for the rest of the three years and it's all these things that you bring in and adds a bit of flair to your work and it looks appealing as well. So thinking back on your years of education what piece of advice do you think you'd give your younger self now? So I would say really is to not let people get to you believe in yourself which again overused but it's very true I used to I think a lot of people do they hang on to little bits that maybe they've gone wrong maybe they've got a homework um, back that wasn't as good as they wanted to and they think oh I can't do this anymore (laughs) and no because like a month down the line that's forgotten you've moved on I remember that um, I was a bit upset with my GCSE results and now I'm into uni and I've graduated I've got this job GCSEs don't matter anymore they're not really even on my CV (laughs) it just says I passed this this and that was it (laughs) and I think that's the main thing is don't be so held up on things Mm. don't let anything really get to you you need to think logically okay is this actually going to affect me no (laughs) I'm going to keep working on myself I'm going to do what I like to do and not let it get me down especially at, at that age when you're going through GCSEs and A-levels and then starting uni, there's, there's so many things that are constantly happening, add stress to yes, life. I think that's the thing is that you sort of get this expectation of, oh my word, my whole life depends on this. No, it doesn't. I went to AIU through clearing actually as well, oh, right. because um, I w- didn't know really what university I wanted to go to in the first place, I must admit. I didn't get the results I wanted because I was someone, unfortunately, who was sort of getting to my exam and panic <laughs> so um it wasn't what I wanted really. um like I didn't want to go through exams and such I mean by that but it's just what you have to do I got through clearing and yeah it's just from there it's been either I've chose modules a lot of modules you get in politics are all essay based which for me because I knew I wasn't too good at exams catered better it's just who I am. I mean, everyone's different, aren't they, at the end of the day? You approach exams differently and what have you. And I found, for me, I'd rather work on an assignment for a month or so rather than going into exam in one go. It's just different. But, yeah, I was sat there after my um, A-levels and I was like, my life is over. <laughs> but then now, it's again, it's three, four years ago, so it doesn't matter anymore. What were the A-levels you actually took? Are they related to politics? 
um, kind of. So we didn't have a politics course there because it was just a secondary school with a sixth form. So it's like a bit smaller. Um, I took business, sociology and religious studies. And I actually hadn't taken any of those before. The religious studies I'd done in secondary were purely ethics based. The religious studies there was philosophy and such, which I hadn't done. So all three, never done before. <laughs> but I realised I enjoyed them a lot. I enjoy sociology a lot. And um, looking into philosophy and related, so a bit of ethics as well. I combined those and it made me come to a realisation. I wanted to do politics. I wanted to combine what I'd learned in sociology, like why certain things happen why um i don't know we have like ageism for example and i wanted to also then combine bits of ethics and philosophy and that just for me connected to politics in wanting to research these things and actually like reach a good outcome for people as well so was politics that was your main choice for university then yeah you didn't have other courses you applied for no it was politics but i had one which was religious studies (laughs) But um, it was politics all round, so. What do they cover in religious studies A-level now? I would say the religious studies I did was supposed to be linked to sociology in terms of discussing how religion has influenced these certain areas or why we've got to be more understanding of some people not wanting these changes to occur because of their culture or traditional values, really. So it was more closely linked to that versus just learning about a particular religion. It was sociology, really, in terms of in taking religious accounts. <laughs> and did that come up in the politics degree as well? Yes, it is. So it worked really nicely. And I was able to also, in some of my essays, which weren't even related to religious studies at all, I was able to bring in these other opinions and thought processes to provide an um, example that isn't my own. I mean, we only really have one opinion about a certain area ourselves. Being able to bring in another opinion of perhaps those who, again, follow Hobbes, because he's still pretty prominent right now, I can say, well, actually, this is said, or Aristotle, for example. Like, he is still mentioned quite a lot in terms of the values and what he taught. You can say, actually... If you're taking on an Aristotle's perspective, this would work, this wouldn't work. And it just adds more to your work, it adds more into your opinion. It, it helps with your policy work, because again, you're not just thinking of yourself, you're thinking mm. of all these other different opinions. Which is going to enable you to, um, in your new job, yeah, to understand exactly. many different voices. So I think when you're going into Ireland as well, because a lot of the conflict is related to protestants and catholics you're gonna face a lot of different opinions than the ones i've grown in really quite a small area of england i live in cambridgeshire county and that's it (laughs) like through my whole life you're going to go out and see a different opinion and you can't go there and just be shocked (laughs) and i'm there to listen though and i want to learn more so you come from cambridge originally yeah so going to ariu it wasn't new for you you knew the area already so it wasn't really because also my sister went to ARU as well oh, so, okay. and she had a good time so I was like okay I'll go there too. <laughs> so, um, but um, I knew the area I've obviously I've been to Cambridge shopping as anyone else but what got me like what was surprised me about Cambridge was how much of a student city it is 
the opportunities there are for students like there's events always going on even during lockdown there was events online and I remember it's like the societies as well they'll maybe host online movie nights and just way to connect with people so you don't feel so alone really but also there's a lot of um, opportunities in terms of part-time work volunteering in the uni and out of the uni so I had um, a little part-time job I did volunteering I worked a couple of open days at the university as well and there's like all these opportunities that are readily available for you to do and gain experience and just have fun with really I mean I got to volunteer at bonfire night that was just fun on this <laughs> summer coming so. yeah Ah. aimed it for students and it was just fun to get out I got to meet new people there as well and that's what mainly surprised me is that when you're not a student you don't really see all of this when you become a student you get all these um notifications like um the ARU career team and such and like temp team they're like oh we've got this available you can work here for like a day or so um and I also just enjoyed how I um where I've always lived just like little villages and such I could walk to places <laughs> and walk to the stores, everything, the amenities there. I can walk to these events, go for bonfire night, and then I'm back home again. It's like it's amazing. And it, um, you got to meet people like that. Like you go in a cafe and you get a lot of like sort of student type cafes that you can have. And um, you go there and you actually meet people there. Even though it's just like a small conversation, you don't feel so alone. You sat there and said hi to them. And you get, oh, can you look after my laptop? <laughs> Such. But it, it feels nice. It feels like you've got this community that is close to each other in terms of, like, students as well. You just go out your door and you're somewhere new for a day, really. Did you learn anything about Cambridge that you didn't know before you studied there? I suppose it would be, I didn't realise how much of a nightlife there was. Huh? <laughs> in terms of that, like, that goes on a lot. But in terms <laughs> of um, the university, I didn't realise how consistent they were in just wanting to give you things to do in a way that's supportive. I want to go back a bit to the, the archiving you did for Richard. Um, was that actually part of the course or was no. that just something you did as an extracurricular? So that was just outside of so I finished university and I was always someone who was very into just having a chat <laughs> and um, he, I had discussed about how I loved all these history things before because he was also my dissertation supervisor. So he was aware of like sort of things that interested me. And he just then emailed me about it if I wanted to take the opportunity because he had done similar things with different students before. For like, he does a lot of um, research papers and books and what have you. So he said about other students done it and it was connected through the university, like university funding and what have you. And it just ran, and if I was interested to go and do it. So it was just three days up to Manchester and Durham. And it was just, and also it looks nicely on my CV as well now. <laughs> and it was just interesting. These sort of things that are available to you um, in just being able to be like an active student in your course when you can. I think that's what great about it is with all my lecturers, I felt like I could have a general conversation with them in a way that was nice. And it also made you feel comfortable in the course. Like I felt that I could sit there and just talk to them about whatever. And I remember making like Rachel Ryder laugh because my rabbit suddenly shot across the screen on the, in the middle of a call. And she was like, what earth was that? <laughs> um, when you had these general conversations with your lecturers, it 
um, opens a lot more pathway than you feeling confident about your work. So you've got the job coming up. Are there any um, projects particularly connected to the politics that you still engage in? outside of work really the only thing i've had so i've kept myself busy with my photography actually oh, right something i picked up to a lot and i find it enjoyable there was a battle of britain demonstration on in duxford and i got some nice photos there of the planes and such and i just enjoy taking that time then taking the photos reading more about it really that's what i've been mainly focusing on is just being able to enjoy my time doing that it's crazy to think that if i didn't have my career advisory session in year one I wouldn't even thought about um joining the civil service like it was with Jen Little she um I was so interested and she was like oh okay why don't we have a like one-on-one call afterwards and I was just able to chat to her like immediately after that session online about it and I was like this is what I really want to do the employment service at AIU yeah, I mean, I've joined uni because I like politics. I didn't think about a job. I just wanted to do it because I liked it. And then getting that career lesson, like advisory lesson, I was like, this is really interests me. I really want to do this. I was like, OK, I'm determined to do this fast dream service. And then thankfully it worked out all right. I wouldn't have got here without really my peers and my tutors. You felt like this wasn't just my tutors they felt more like people I'd sit there and have a laugh with like after classes and stuff and that's the big difference going from like um secondary school sixth form is that actually now you're an adult yeah it's it's stepping up a level isn't it yeah (laughs) and realizing that everybody is human (laughs) whereas before they've been the ones telling you what to do (laughs) you have to do it and now I it's... remember being in like um, David Skinner's classes and we're still working out Microsoft Teams and I'll sit there like I think you need to do this and he was like I don't know what I'll do if you weren't here. Oh. Well thank you for joining me today uh, Natasha and um, best of luck you. with your new job and I hope that once you've had a chance to settle down in it that you'd come back and let us know how it goes. Yes thank you I certainly will I'm very excited about it.